Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Scoop. Uh, we're going to throw it back again this week. Uh, there was a great interview I had in August with The Happy Spender. She's one of my favorites um, on TikTok and social media. Gonna have to get her back on again. Hopefully this does the trick in terms of uh, convinces her to come back on for another episode and another show. So we're gonna we're gonna run it back again. But first, I'm gonna talk about an ad from the Motley Fool. Look, we get it. The market is complicated and confusing, and to many of us, it simply doesn't make sense. In fact, where do you even start? Take all of the guesswork out of it with the Motley Fool Stock Advisor. The Motley Fool has been around for over 25 years and has been spot on in recommending some of the world's most important companies before they even you know, hit the big time. I'm talking about Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, Starbucks, all before they exploded in value. And with their easy to use and super informative service, Stock Advisor, you could join the ranks before they potentially find the next big thing. After all, their average stock recommendations is up over 400%, and this is as of April 10th of 2023. So that's literally as of about two weeks ago. And no need to be intimidated by financial jargon or market complexities. As the name suggests, these guys don't take themselves too seriously. Now finances, that's a different story. So their friendly and relaxed approach has helped over 700,000 people move closer to financial independence all while beating the market and having fun. So new members can access Stock Advisor for only $89 for their first year, a full $110 off the full list price. So don't sit on the sidelines and think about what could have happened. So visit thefool.com slash scoopfool, and I'll put that in the show notes too, um, and get your invest and start your investing journey today. $110 off of $199 per year list price. So that being said, let's get after it. guys welcome to another week i am super stoked i love your content first and foremost i've been watching you on tiktok and instagram for i think months now and go ahead give yourself a plug real quick but uh the happy spender right yes the happy spender the underscore happy spender on tiktok and instagram and i'm totally chuffed at the thought that um you've been following me for a few months so it's very cool (laughs) Yeah, you came across my TikTok bio one day and uh, or like my for you page. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I love what she says and I love like how you present it. You're fun. You're creative. You bring a lot of energy, which I'm a big energetics person, um, which just it got me hooked on your content instantly. And, you know, you have a pretty big following on TikTok. Is it like 65,000 followers? Yeah, about that. And, you know, that yeah about 65,000 followers now um and you know what that sort of comment about you know the fact that you found it engaging is really great because I think as content creators you sort of exist to you know and work in a silo where you're really unsure if what you're putting out there is valuable if it's interesting if it resonates and um whilst I think social media is one of the best things I've ever done it's also extremely humbling that one day you think you're very good at it based on your engagement and another day you think you know, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> so ultimately what I make content about, that's the thing that, that really drives me. So. Yeah, no, if you ask the XRP community, they probably think I'm terrible at content as well. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I guess like for starters, you know, everyone kind of wants to know backstories. What kind of got you into web three and crypto at first, you know, where'd you start? Yeah, you know, I'll give you the full story because I think it's worth telling um, and I think it's relatable as well. So, you know, I'd heard about Bitcoin a few times in between, I guess, you know, high school and throughout university as well. But I was just never exposed to um, investing of any kind. I grew up in a family that really prized uh, property investment and believed that even stock investing was was quite risky. And 
yeah, I'd never kind of, you know, thought about Bitcoin or really bothered to look into it because it just wasn't on my radar at all. I was more concerned with other things at the age of 18 than I was at, you know, some kind of digital Most coin. of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know in the US you can't drink until you're 21, but the legal drinking age here is 18. So I was certainly not, you know, educating myself about Bitcoin. I was um, out partying. So, <laughs> but I guess, you know, the times that I did hear about Bitcoin and I did come across Bitcoin, I just, the, the explanations didn't resonate with me that much. And I found it a very difficult thing to wrap my head around. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I just kind of willfully ignored it for a long time and found that to be highly convenient, right? You kind of turn a blind eye to something um, until you can't ignore it any longer. And at the beginning of 2021, I was driving to work. I was, you know, working a full-time corporate job up until late last year. And I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and I, he, Tim was interviewing, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a phenomenal podcast and, you know, I get so much value out of it, but Tim was interviewing Katie Horn. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Katie, but she was a US federal prosecutor and she headed the very first cryptocurrency task force investigating cybercrime and financial fraud. And she infamously, um, was tipped off about two US federal agents that had gone rogue and started working with Ross Ulbricht, who uh, was laundering money on the Bitcoin blockchain. And yes, so she was really, I mean, she was there at the beginning. I think this was back in 2013, right? And while she was investigating these money laundering activities, um, she became so interested and enamored by blockchain technology. And, you know, as we know, blockchain, one of the features of blockchain is it's transparent, it's immutable. And, you know, because of those features, they were able, once they had a lead, Kata was able to uh, basically trace the funds back to certain wallets that belong to, um, you know, the, the money launderers to Russell Bricked and these two US federal agents and, and was able to convict them. And interestingly, she said many years later in an interview that without blockchain technology, they would still be laundering money today. They would not have, in fact, caught them. Um, and, you know, I guess as a result of that investigation, she, like I said, became interested in the technology so much that she gave up her career as a federal prosecutor, as a lawyer altogether, and she pursued a career in Web3. She was the... Um, she was on the board of Coinbase for a while. She worked at Andreas and Horowitz uh, and has recently um, raised, I think she started her own venture capital fund where she's held a record for raising the most amount of money for a solo female founder. So she did this complete 180 in her career. And the thing that really struck me with that interview and the way that she explained the Web3 world was, you know, she's a female, she has a non-technical background, and yet she was able to explain blockchain and NFT and other Web3, you know, concepts and products in such simple terms. And that really resonated with me because up until that point, most of the commentary that I'd heard around cryptocurrency was just how volatile the price was, how much money people were making, how much money people were losing, and that just didn't, for me, it just didn't capture my interest. I needed more of the full picture of, well, why does it do that? Um, and, and what is it actually? And so she, Katie was actually my inspiration for, um, for doing a 100-day journey on cryptocurrency on my TikTok channel. And at the time, I already had the happy spender but I was talking about sort of more financial wellness and stock investing. Um, and it just wasn't going anywhere. And I thought, okay, well, cryptocurrency seems really interesting. The market seems quite excitable. Maybe this is the perfect time to, to learn about it. And what initially started as a 30-day learning journey turned into 100 days and tens of thousands of followers. And 
it completely altered the course of, of my life and, and of my career. And I think that, um, Cooper, you'd probably agree with me that, you know, once you get into this space and you realize its potential and, and how exciting it is, it's it's very easy to to feel really fulfilled by, you know, any kind of venture that, that you pursue, whether that's on the education front, the technical front, the marketing front, whatever it is, the space is just um, so much fun to explore. So that's how I how I came about cryptocurrency, and and that's ultimately what what got me in the door. Wow, that was a hell of an explanation. Um... What first got me into your content actually was your, it wasn't even your crypto stuff. Uh, I do remember it was your financial wellness and like your financial literacy uh, that you were teaching people. That's what first actually got me hooked into your uh, content. So that's actually really cool. I almost, I almost forgot about that just because of how like you've transformed yourself and like transcended that like mindset and that identity um, and, and focused on web three, but that's that's really cool the way you shifted and how easy it is to shift from one sort of like quote unquote identity because that's how social media kind of like works sometimes is like I feel like people can get put into certain boxes and and, and have their identity shaped but um, you morphed yourself and obviously did a perfect job because I almost forgot about that part of your life <laughs> um, but that was so uh, beautifully stated and I agree. Um, you know, being in being in tech sales, uh, I definitely found an itch with technology. I remember like growing up, like um, Iron Man was like one of my favorite superheroes. And like, I just loved like the whole Tony Stark technology connection thing. Um, so like, and then I got into tech sales and I was just like, hmm, this doesn't cure the itch to the full sense. And um, so I was like, well, what about like, and then I kind of learned about Bitcoin too. And it just wasn't, wasn't the thing for me i felt like because i i was like you i was just being a teenager and then being a college kid i wasn't really thinking about this digital currency that just blew up you know it seemed like just over a short span of time um and i looked into this web3 thing and then i looked into gary it was after dogecoin did the whole like 70 cent run that's when i really got into it because i invested in doge and, and made a good profit off of it but then like Gary Vee started talking about NFTs and that's what really sparked the fire under me. I'm like, wow, we can create like digital art with like wallet addresses and, and, and people can verify like they hold this. And then it's like, well, you can get this picture of like a monkey smoking a cigarette, but there needs to be more than that. There needs to be that exclusive community or maybe like a tangible asset. You know, like if Jackson Pollock had an NFT painting, but then like he gave you a painting also that like you could put in your house like that would be that would be sick like to have both so that's what kind of inspires me uh, every day so like I definitely feel that with you so I'm I've interviewed a fair amount of women on my podcast I, I love what women do in the web3 space I love what women have to offer and I know that like there's sometimes there's a hurdle you know so I guess my question to you is how do you feel as a woman getting into the web three space? Like, how do you feel like the start was, how do you feel now in terms of like getting respect and, and, and having, you know, like-minded people getting your peers and also the community of women in web three, like what's that like too? So just wanted yeah. to ask you that. That's a phenomenal question. And thank you for asking. I think, you know, it's a, it's a great one to address. I feel totally empowered in the space. And I guess, you know, I, I kind of came, I entered the space being really honest about the fact that I knew literally nothing. I did not know a thing. And I think that there is nothing more relatable than the awkwardness of learning something new and also learning something that is seemingly very overwhelming and intimidating and scary. Um, and so, you know, I think that being honest about that learning journey and sort of positioning myself as a platform that, you know, I'm here to to learn and to hopefully inspire you to learn as well. I'm not here to bestow information per se um, and have you take it for word uh, because I'm still learning. So come along and learn with me. 
of course, though, you know, like with anything online, you still attract critics. And critics were certainly, um, you know, they're part of social media, but absolutely I deserve criticism at points. I made a lot of embarrassing and weird mistakes in um, throughout my journey, of course, as you, you know, you learn something new. And a community really gathered around me to set me on the right path and set me on the right direction. But with that also came people who, you know, scrutinized what I was doing. Um, but to a lesser extent, I felt like, yes, you know, I receive uh, criticism for being a woman, for the way that I look, for the way that I dress. Um, people saying that I dress a certain way and therefore they won't listen to me because they don't respect me or, you know, whatever. I don't actually think that that's necessarily symptomatic of Web3. I just think that that's symptomatic of social media. Women in Web3 and, and the corners of Web3 where women thrive are some of the most positive and empowering spaces I have ever been a part of. And I really want to, to make that known for, for any woman who's listening and, and who might think that cryptocurrency is reserved for a certain kind of person, gender, skill, you know, any of that. I think it's easy for us to default to that um, because it's easy in a way, but, you know, it, it is absolutely not. The problem for me really is that not everyone wants to break a glass ceiling, right? Not everyone kind of, I think that a lot of um, male followers of mine will say, you know, well, it's just as easy for women to get involved. And I absolutely refute that 100% because, you know, sure, we have equal access to go and set up a cryptocurrency exchange account. There's nothing stopping from a woman, you know, stopping a woman from doing that, just like there's nothing stopping anyone from doing that. However, it is decades of, um, you know, a patriarchy and, and also women kind of still figuring out how they can take risk uh, in ways that work for them and suit them. And the way that people take risk, no matter what gender or gender presenting you are, is very different. We all have a different risk appetite. So perhaps then it's not a question of gender, but of how well we um, engage with risk. And I would say that again, no matter your gender, you can engage with risk really well and, and not very well at all. And I think it's important to frame crypto in terms of risk because that's what that's how a lot of people think about the space. And if we can kind of, you know, help people identify their risk, we can bring more women in. Typically, you know, women are more risk averse because we have to be. We're biologically tuned in such a way that we have to be forward thinking. We have a biological clock. If we want children, if we want to start a family, we need to think about security. We need to think about how we can make sure to set ourselves up as best as possible for the health of our future family. Um, and so the way that we think about and engage with risk is naturally different. Um, and, and we're kind of, our hands are forced a little bit in that in that sense. So, you know, it's very interesting to me that people will say, well, it's just as easy for women to get involved. It is absolutely not. And we need to do better to make it a more friendly and welcoming and inclusive space. Um, and, you know, in saying that, I, I would welcome any anyone to, to, you know, get involved and, and to keep their eyes open and their minds open to, you know, the opportunities in the space if they wanted to be a part of it. Um, so, you know, making sure that we have learning tools and resources out there that appeal to different kinds of people will only enrich the diversity that we have in the space. Absolutely. No, great points. Um, I think to even add, so I'm somewhat into, I guess, like spirituality and energetics, like I said earlier. Um, I think one step even further where women offer great um, feminine energy into the space of Web3, I think of creativity. And I've said this on a lot of previous episodes when I've talked to a woman guest, uh, the feminine energy is literally the energy that can create life um, in like creating a child. And I think that power uh, holds just like above everything in a sense. And like 
when women like have like creative like like thoughts into a business or creative moments um it's a thing that be like it's beautiful like it's beautiful it's beautiful mm-hmm. to witness and um i think sometimes we just need to sit back and like enjoy those things and like really appreciate those things um yeah whether it's just like appreciating like your mom like as a parent or like appreciating um like the the founder i'm just using an example like the founder of bumble and like taking um her story was sad behind it but like she took that like story of adversity and then she created like this whole business concept and an app concept that was just incredible it was like earth shaking in a sense like that's really cool and then like you talked about um uh you were giving your example of that of uh what was her name one more time katie katie Horn. Uh, the woman with the katie horn okay um so when she you know was raising you know had one of the greatest startups of all time like as a vc like raising she raised the most money is that correct yeah, held that smashed the record for raising the most amount of money for a solo female founder. Yeah, that's that's incredible, and you know, and then taking her job, um, being like in law, and then like focusing and shifting towards like Web three, and uh, you know, talking about Bitcoin and those things. Like that's just that's the power that a woman can hold with her energy, and I just think that's just so cool like it's just it's awe-inspiring uh to be honest with you and thank you for sharing your piece um i i know it's 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 tough um but i hope you know with the community and the resources that women can build it's it's like you know they can they can build themselves up and i know and i challenge men every you know every male listener on this show uh to embrace feminine energy embrace the feminine energy that's all i gotta say yeah um, i you know that being said, you can go ahead i was gonna say yeah that's that's a great point and you know um i think that like i said it's like no matter the gender i just think di- di- diversity is the thing that we have to get right and it's the thing that we have to treasure and prize and knowing that you know more brains and differences in opinion are better than one. And there's so many different ways to approach, you know, a problem of which there are many in the crypto space. And I think the more brains we can put together, the more perspectives we can gather, you know, we can achieve some really amazing things. And, you know, there are, I follow creators out there and commentators um, who some of my favorite uh, are men, some of the, I love, you know, the women in the space as well and, um, and everyone in between. So, yeah, I, I just do want to hark on that point that it is an inclusive space and we can all play a part in making it more inclusive. I think that, you know, um, differences in opinion will will always sort of prevail anywhere you go. However, yeah, you know, di- diversity just makes sense. It's practically, it just makes sense to have more people in the space. So however we can help with that mission, um, that's what I'm really setting my sights on at the moment. Absolutely. And my final point before I ask the next question is, we're trying to get away from centralized finance and the centralized finance industry has always been controlled by old white men. And it's like, we gotta, we gotta spite, you know, we gotta add diversity. We gotta spice it up. Like we need to make it more fun. And that's why diversity and inclusion is really key. You know, men, women, you know, whatever uh, gender you identify with as well. Uh, And then also, you know, all different races and, and walks of life too. Like, it's not just about even like, I think the coolest thing is we can focus on like, you're, you know, you're living in Australia and I'm living in the United States and we're having a conversation together. Like, that's pretty cool, you know, and just like being able to like, use our like, kind of like our differences or different walks of life coming together and then creating something cool. Like, that's what Web3 is about. That's what decentralization is about, creating community that gets away from, you know, the standard quote unquote, you know? And, um, my next question is, you know, what is, you know, the biggest opportunity in the crypto space right now, do you think? 
gosh, there are so many, there are so many opportunities. Um, you know, I was reading an article the other day by Tasha Labs. She is a phenomenal sort of macro analysis commentator in the space. And I'd implore anyone to go and follow her on Twitter. I also subscribe to her newsletter and really enjoy reading it. And, you know, she did a sort of summary the other day of what are the top kind of areas for opportunity in the space. And they were all technically um, orientated, you know, ways that we can improve decentralized finance protocols, bridging solutions, that sort of thing. And, you know, sure, absolutely. I think that naturally the space will um, improve and evolve in that way. But I look at opportunities for growth and problems from a real grassroots level, and that is education. There's no point in building all of these incredible protocols and and, and things um, if people don't know how to engage with them, how to interact with them and how to use them to their benefit, right? Because that's ultimately what it comes down to. What's going to incentivize you to learn? It has to provide some sort of benefit to you. So we have an extraordinary opportunity to educate the next generation, really, that, that will move so comfortably into this space like gen z moves so comfortably within you know the internet and the digital era that i guess as millennials um you know we kind of had a bit of a a a hurdle to i guess jump over but we were young enough where we could pick it up you know somewhat quickly so you know education absolutely is is the thing that is so incredibly important and right now I think that there's a gap in that well maybe let me throw a question to you you know your learning journey in the space do you think it was chronological or did you find that you had to kind of stumble around and put pieces of a puzzle together yeah that's a great question um I so I guess, yeah. So like I said, I got into Web3 when I like started making money. I think that's the funniest thing that like people kind of stumble into Web3 because like I feel like they blindly invested into something and they hit like, oh, wow, I hit a kind of a nice profit. Not that I'm saying everyone has that story. That's just how mine was, which I think is pretty stereotypical. Um, So like when I when I got that like kind of big profit from Dogecoin, I was like, what is this? you know, what is this to a higher degree? And then like Gary Vee's always been on my radar for just like learning marketing because that's what my true like kind of passion is in the business industry. Um, I wouldn't say it's sales. Uh, Sales is not my forte, but uh, it's what I do. That being said, um, Gary talked about NFTs and he really started delving deep and then he created his own project. Um, so then that's when I kind of looked into NFTs and then like he was talking about like, oh, like Discord is like the way like you get into community. So then I started joining Discords and then I started like watching these projects kind of like blossom, um, you know, CryptoPunks and then like Cool Cats and kind of all these things. And I knew the generalities of like how I can get like an NFT going to OpenSea and like going to Rarible and like, you know, what what's a gas fee um and and those things but like it was it was all like just kind of jumbled together i didn't have like a huge understanding of it so like i watched a youtube video one day and it was talk and it said like blockchain like what is blockchain and then blockchain explained um and it was like a two-hour like video and i kind of like watched half of it uh and i was like okay and then i like took notes and i like learned what a DAO was and all that but from like a creation standpoint, I had no idea. So I went on Udemy because my work gives me free like Udemy credits. And I downloaded um, like blockchain A to Z is what it's called. And it was it was free for me, but I think it cost, uh, I think it's like $20 for someone. Uh, so that was like a 14 and a half hour course. And I just finished it where I learned how to mine like a blockchain or how to code a block. And then like how to code a cryptocurrency as well. So like how to code a coin and how like proof of work and proof of stake work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I learned how to code a smart contract on the basic level too. So like, that's just like, 
how I literally, I've literally just like kind of jumbled it together. I never had like a formal like set of like resources to learn all in one place. Like crypto zombies is a big example on like the coding aspect of NFTs. Um, I wish I kind of knew about that. Like, like when I first got into, or I wish that was a resource, but it's not. Um, so that's kind of how I've stumbled upon web three in terms of education that and TikTok. Um, but yeah. with you, you have your hundred day journey and you documented all that. So have you, I guess, like created your own like education platform? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the reason I asked that question is because I think that everyone has a different answer. And, you know, for you, it was obviously having skin in the game. And I think that that is, it's not the approach that, it's not the approach that I took. I sort of did the slow burn research and then I invested, but, you know, and, and there's no really, like, there's no right way of, of doing it, of getting into the space. It's kind of, what is the thing that, what's your buy-in? What is your buy-in? Whether that's having skin in the game, whether that's listening to a podcast that you find really inspiring, it just takes one thing. And that one thing is different for everyone. And I just, I love, I love that so much. And, you know, I think though, listening to your answer is that you kind of, you have to just feel your way around in the dark and you get little bite-sized bits of information and then you start to put them together and it starts to build a picture and make sense. And I guess the beauty of this space is that once you feel like you have a grapple on one thing, there's a hundred other things that you could go and learn as well. So, you know, there's, there's kind of, there's no obvious start and there's absolutely no end to how much you can learn in the space. But I think getting the fundamentals um, right and wrapping your head around why did this come about, um, how did we get here, and why the heck is the market so volatile, why the heck is everyone so excited about it? So, yes, to answer your question, you know, I am developing an educational um resource and and hopefully community as well that is based on that 100-day learning journey. We're going to do 100 lessons, um, which after spending four months drafting the first 30 lessons seems like quite a big task. Uh, However, you know, I think we can we can create not only a uh, an educational tool, but also a community where, you know, knowing how isolated self-learning can feel we want people to be able to engage throughout the learning experience so you know as part of that course we'll have you know a discord community where people will be invited uh, to, to, to connect and to share their experiences of what they're learning and what they're thinking along the way because I think the beauty for me of having done that 100 day course is that I can go back and look at it and think number one so cringe some of that content but number two you know you kind of had to start you had to start somewhere and what I spoke about you know my 100 day journey I might not agree with now or I might approach it from a different way um so you know having that community element to to learning I think is super important um to be able to ask questions and you know I think obviously the long-term vision for uh creating a tool like this is we'll do NFT certification and we ultimately want to provide people an on-ramp into careers in the Web3 space if that's what they want to do. This space is only going to get bigger. The demand in the workforce is already incredibly strong and if countries want to be at the forefront of this new and exciting space, they need innovators and people who are willing to to work in the space to build it. Um, and, you know, just give a shameless plug to Australia, you know, I'm so impressed by what I see in the Australian market. I mean, you know, we have, um, Steppen is a Melbourne, you know, sort of, I think a Melbourne or Adelaide success story. We've got Immutable X, which is obviously huge. I mean, $1.5 billion company based in Sydney. Um, and weirdly I met the founder through a friend, in my uni days, just kind of by coincidence. So it's funny how everything kind of comes full circle. Um, but, you know, I think going, going back to my original point, education is, is incredible, incredibly important, um, for us to get right. And I think that the, sure, there's a lot of educational resources out there, but like I said, there's no obvious start and we want to be that obvious start 
for people whereby I'm taking everything that I learned in those 100 days and I'm kind of rewriting how I would do it if I could go back and do it again. And on a final note, I will say it's very interesting to kind of work on a lesson, say, for example, lesson 14 might talk about Bitcoin mining or whatever, but I go back and look at my journey and I only covered that on day 78 of my own personal journey. So I really jumped around a lot and I think it's a really great thing to see that, okay, well, if I were to do this all over again, I would have actually tackled this topic here because that's, it makes sense to talk about that topic here instead of, you know, don't waste your time <laughs> figuring it out and, you know, waiting until day 78 to, to arrive at that piece of information. We can basically put it in front of you. So yeah, that's, that's the goal and, and the vision for Dear Crypto. That's awesome. Um, that that's uh, it's just really cool to see, you know. And I think that knowledge is a key component to this. And you're right; the education market in Web three is just going to keep growing, and it's and it's it's a huge industry to tap into, especially for people that really can teach and and know what they're talking about, and also express it in a way that's very simplified. Um, I had the founder of Minted Mojito on and she was talking about how you have to kind of explain it like elementary to people because like that's how people are going to understand it like it, like to grasp it at first. Like you do have to understand the human mind while you do advance through age. It's still a very new concept um, where, you know, Gen Z uh, yes, they have a wide knowledge of the internet uh, and, and those resources. Um, but even like blockchain and Web3, it's still like a, it's still a crazy concept to think about in terms of uh, like finance and technology meshed uh, together. And also, and my other question to you, do you think there's room for, I saw a post on this on LinkedIn. Uh, do you think there's, a, there's room for generalists? in the web three space because general knowledge I think can still take people far. Like they don't necessarily have to be an expert in developing, but if you have like basic knowledge of developing, that's going to get you a lot further into being a project manager or being able to create your own business and those things. Cause you do kind of have to have, even if you don't do daily coding, it's important to know the developing aspect and same with like marketing or like, you know, all those things. Do you think general knowledge is going to be a very key component as well for long-term success? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to me that, you know, the web three world kind of feels like this fantastical, like mythical kind of space where coders sit in a room and you know doing all sorts of amazing things and I'm sure they do but what a lot of people don't realize is that behind a lot of these web3 innovations are normal companies they have operations teams marketing teams tech teams they have an accounting um they've you know they function like a normal business and so if you work, say, if you have a corporate job, if you have sales in it, if you, if you have experience in sales, sorry, in marketing, whatever, you can take those skills and you can go and work in Web3. It's just that the, the content of, you know, what you're dealing with is a little bit different. And yes, there's a learning curve. That's okay. It's just something new to learn. I really fundamentally believe that when we start new jobs, we don't know anything about that job. We're just, we're learning on the job. We learn on every job we take on and we just use the skills that we've acquired to make sense of what we're doing and try and figure out ways to do it better. And that is no different in Web3. So yes, there's room for generalists. I would call myself a generalist. Um, you know, that's the space I really like to exist. I think we need generalists and we need people who can execute technically as well. Um, I don't think that's any secret, but I was at Blockchain Australia um, week a few months ago 
And I was talking to an ex-investment banker of, say, I think maybe 20 years. So he was in investment banking maybe for 30 years and recently made the jump over into cryptocurrency. And I asked him, I said, what is the most important skill that's worth learning right now in the Web3 space? And he thought about it for a moment. And then he said, marketing. Like you would think that it would be software development, which again, yes, incredibly important. But like I said, there's no point in having all these incredible things if we can't actually market those to the general audience, because the thing that's going to make that successful is adoption. And marketing bridges the knowledge gap that exists between those two worlds. And it's the only way that we will get um, more people into the space and We'll get more people comfortable with the space. I think that that's our primary kind of goal is just getting people comfortable um, with the space. And I think that marketing and, and generalist skills, you know, translating complex information into plain English, absolutely there's a place for that. Yeah, I would call myself a generalist as well uh, from the standpoint of I've always been good at marketing. Like when I worked as an intern, it was marketing internships um, and then now working in sales for a few years. I think web three sales versus like web two sales are just like a normal like corporate job sales. I think they're going to be vastly different. I think web three sales is going to be all about partnerships and alliances. It's not going to be a, really about selling to a consumer. Sales is going to be, I think sales will be strictly B2B, not B2C. Just from the standpoint of, I think, when you have a business in Web3, it's all about trust. And if you can, if you cannot gain the trust of people, um, I think adding a salesperson to try to sell to like one consumer, it's just not going to work. I just, I, I don't see that being utilized. But in terms of the, the grand scheme of things, partnerships and alliances, huge opportunity like Polygon and Disney happening, I think like last week or two weeks ago. That was huge. I think that's where the sales component will come in for sure. Um, but marketing, absolutely. Gary V with the V series, like dude had chicken scratch and he, he sold millions of dollars worth of NFTs because he's a marketable guy. Like he, he, he knows a lot of stuff. He knows how to connect with consumers. Like you're yeah. right. Marketing is, is where people are going to thrive with their projects and you have to make it marketable. And the reason I asked about the generalist question is because I did my blockchain certification, like, and it was literally how to code mining a block, code a cryptocurrency, code a smart contract. The only thing I would actually maybe do coding on my own is, you know, for my business online is smart contracts. That's the deepest I would ever delve into though. But I have an appreciation of the developer side of things. Like I, if ever I have an ask for a coding uh, component, like I will have, if I get pushback because like uh, for some reason it's very complex or there's like some sort of complication with the code, I feel like I'll have a greater understanding and I'll just be like, we'll just find a way. Like going through that process, I was like, this is hard. There's a lot of attention to detail that you have to do. And I just did the basic foundation of it. Mm -hmm. So I do think everybody should just try and trickle in information from different aspects, not even just investing, but business creation or anything else. So I, I, I love that you agree with the generalist idea because I do think that's key down the line. Yeah. We need, you know, every type of um, person, creatives, technical people, every star sign, every, you know, whatever you, whatever your sort of reference point of spectrum, you know, is we need, we need everyone involved to, you know, make this space better and make this space something that it is truly meant to be um, if we can set it on the right path. And it's exciting to think that, you know, we play small roles in, in doing that, you know, and the, Possibly it's, you know, we're, we're contributing to the space in, in our own ways. Um, so, you know, and I guess not everyone really feels the, a strong desire to do that and, and that's okay. Um, I think there's, you know, still an appetite to just at least know how things work. Um, but you brought up an interesting point before. 
that I wanted to talk to and now I can't remember if it comes back to me I'll delve back into it but yeah very key I think there is a place for generalists yeah no absolutely um we talked about nfts and i have to ask you what is your favorite nft project right now whether you own it or don't own it yes so i have two nft communities that i love um the first one is my bff bff not best friends forever but blockchain friends forever <laughs> and you know <laughs> their whole mission they were founded by Britt Morin and Jamie Schmidt um two you know phenomenal entrepreneurs and investors and they have a whole community of founders um including celebrities and you know blockchain and web3 enthusiasts and their whole mission is to bring more women and non-binary people into the space and they just they've set themselves up so well i mean i've got one of their their original nft collection was the friendship bracelet and then as you kind of i guess engage with the community engage with other nft collections that they either create or are affiliated with you know you get rewarded on your your friendship bracelet um you get charms added to your friendship bracelet and that's mildly satisfying <laughs> to you know to get perhaps even more so than a real life charm bracelet in my personal opinion but um you know i love being part of that community it's so incredibly uplifting and for me it's been really interesting to see how projects have coped with entering into the bear market and what i've seen from my bff is that they haven't slowed down they haven't lost momentum because the market <clears throat> you know people aren't as excited about the market they're still you know building creating inspiring in spite of what the market is doing and you know it makes me feel proud to be part of a community that isn't so easily shaken by market sentiment um, because i think so many people and projects are and you know absolutely i think that just is human nature but it is also really great to know that, you know, I did spend $3,000 on an NFT that, you know, buys me into a community that actually feels like it is going to last and be around for a long time and a community that is, you know, incredibly positive and uplifting and empowering at that. So that's one of my favourite projects and also Boss Beauties as well. Very cool project. They are doing really well at the moment. Um, and yeah, I would implore anyone to go and check out my BFF and boss beauties, you know, over on Twitter or just give them a Google. Absolutely. Nice. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, doodle apes. It's, it's something I bought into as a PFP project for fun. Uh, they don't really have a whole lot of value other than PFP, but it was just, a it was like a mint pay for gas fees type of situation so i just love the art i think the art's really cool um from like a long-term perspective there's a, a project i'm invested in it's called a chipatama so it's chip like potato chip and then a t a m a i believe is how it's spelled and they're uh they're early they're on the solana uh chain but they're gonna be like kind of in the metaverse gaming um stuff and then they'll also have a staking component so that's another one. I highly recommend people check them out and the Discord. Um, so I know, I know we're getting close on time. So I guess what I wanted to ask you, and I kind of ask all my uh, guests this question: What do you just say to the average person listening to this podcast right now? They want to get into Web three. They don't know where to start, whether it's investing or whether it's creating a business, whether it's making an NFT, where do they start? Tell our, tell our fans where to start. I wish I could say start with Dear Crypto, but we are still developing our product. Do start with that. Yeah. You know, and I think I'll be so excited once we can release that um, to people, you know, as, as an option, you know, there are a lot of incredible options out there and we hope to be one of them. I would say the best place to start is just 
and this sounds a little bit waffly, but follow your nose. If you see a piece of information that grabs your attention, just give yourself the luxury of time to chase that and go down the rabbit hole because that is how you find information and it is the best way to find information and it's very self-exploratory. If I could be a little bit more prescriptive and suggest resources for a beginner, I think that the Coin Bureau is phenomenal. I really enjoy Guy's commentary on uh, news in the space, but also I enjoy the way he explains things. He's also very good at taking reports and breaking reports down for us as well. So I would say start there. And then also my BFF really does have some great learning resources. Um, and that's how a friend of mine recently got involved in the space after I mentioned BFF over on my channel. So, you know, I think there's lots of great learning resources out there. There's going to be learning resources that resonate with you more than others. So, you know, stick to kind of what you feel comfortable with initially and follow your nose. And of course, I'm over on TikTok and Instagram where I provide a lot of free just information um, for you as well and, and bite-sized information at that. Right on. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Um, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, guys, go check out her TikTok, The Happy Spender. Uh, great stuff on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just keep supporting our peeps and, and keep this, keep this thing growing. So thank you yeah. so much for your time, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Thanks Cooper and keep doing what you're doing. Cause it's so important. And all right. Thank you so much, Jordan.